on this episode of Hit the Deck. They say charity begins at home, but what if you don't have one? It was just this past weekend that they held the uh, deck hockey tournament to raise funds for Hockey Helps the Homeless to make sure these poor people can have a chance and get a life back and just support themselves and be normal and feel human again. And from Arizona to D.C., excitement for deck hockey is building. They have at least four rinks in Virginia, another three in Maryland, and two in West Virginia. So this article has about eight rinks. All told, there are ten. And then there are going to be plans for five more. Plus, it's raining rinks, and an old buddy is capitalizing. Friend of the podcast, Mr. Wayne Barrett, finds himself right in the middle of all of this great stuff that the Capitals are doing, and he has told us about the rink that they were specifically working on in the in the D.C. Street Hockey League, because it's such a great-looking rink, and it really came out so, so well. All this and more coming up on this episode of Hit the Deck. Game on! Welcome to episode 153 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers. Yes, it is. I would not steer you wrong. I, I, myself, I have an obligation to bring you nothing but the purest, truest facts here on this podcast, this Hit the Deck podcast, and among those are these truths which we hold to be self-evident, and that is that on this podcast, we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, and it is most definitively hockey and sneakers. We are here, we are back after another week of not being with you, but we're back. We're back with you again. Oh, absence makes the heart grow fonder, and here we are. And I know, I know, you're wondering, you're saying, who? It's been so long. It's been almost a week. I've forgotten. Who am I talking to? Or, well, who really, who's talking to me is probably what you're saying. You could be talking to us, but we can't hear you. I'm so sorry. But who is we? Who can't hear you? Who can't hear you? Well, probably lots of people, depending on where you're trying to speak from. But in this particular instance, I think I'm going to release the suspense into the into the atmosphere by jumping right in tonight's starting lineup. And for tonight's starting lineup in goal as ever, I am number 35, your American rhino, Gary McComiskey. And of course, my steadfast co-host... On defense, number four, I'm James Sajazi. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right, thank you. Uh, still unemployed, but still hanging in there nonetheless. How about yourself? I am still gainfully employed. Uh, um, <laughs> that has not changed in the intervening week, but, you know, otherwise I'm, I'm doing all right. Good, keep it that way. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but yeah, uh, one of the good distractions was that the NHL season did start. But why is it that our favorite team has only played two games in like eight days or whatever it was? They don't have a bye week already, do they? They've had a week off, but this isn't like their bye for the year, is it? I hope not. Uh, I just don't understand who is doing the scheduling, and it wouldn't make the least bit of sense if this was their bye week. Yeah, just so you know, the Rangers obviously is our team of choice, and they played on Thursday, and they played on Saturday, and then they have a week off suddenly. <laughs> it makes no sense. The schedule, she making no sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Hey, who's making up the schedule? It making no sense. But, What's the matter, you, huh? I, I'm, I'm glad you're doing that uh, Italian accent because at least coming up, we have Columbus Day weekend. And uh, during that weekend, yes, the Rangers will be playing a game on a very special day in your life because it's your lovely daughter's birthday. Yeah, Saturday. She's turning nine. My little girl is turning nine, or at least that's what they keep telling me. I insist that she cannot possibly be more than four or five, but they keep telling me she's going to be nine. So I don't know. I have, to, I have to take this up with a higher authority or something. Spoken like a true blue dad. And uh, I can't agree. <laughs> I can't. I, I agree with you totally, too. It's amazing how fast it happens in the blink of an eye that they're your little baby girl, and then all of a sudden she's off to high school and college, and it really does happen that fast. But uh, 
Bite your tongue. uh, Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, I'm just an uncle, but I've I've seen it happen with my niece and nephew where uh, my niece is 11 going on 21. Uh, My nephew is eight years old and and both of them are much more mature than I am, as is your lovely daughter. But it has been a privilege. Yeah, she's definitely nine going on 19. Yeah, it's definitely been a privilege to be a part of their lives and see them grow and and mature and uh, turn into such wonderful young men and, and women and uh continue their journey but it's 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 insane how does that happen mm-hmm. i don't know but i guess i should you know since since she is my daughter i and you know i am i guess one of the hosts of this podcast i'm i i'm the guy who decides ultimately what goes in and it doesn't because i'm the editor uh so i guess i can just go ahead and and Wish my daughter a happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dearest daughter. Happy birthday to I look forward to the day when I can really, really embarrass her in public. No, no, no. I know, I know all about daddy's little girl and everything, but be, be careful with that one, please. That is my job as her father. It is my, my lot in life. Oh, boy. <laughs> anyway, yes, very happy birthday to your lovely daughter. And Thank I hope, you. I hope she has a wonderful year and, and gets all the gifts she wants because she deserves all the best as do you and your lovely wife too. So uh, very, very happy birthday and enjoy. There is no way she can possibly get all the gifts she wants, but uh, I'm sure she will do just fine. All right. Well, hey, you know, Santa Claus is coming to town in a couple of months. So there you go. That's a good backup plan. My wife would probably hit you for saying that. (laughs) That's why I'm safely over here in Brooklyn right now. (laughs) My wife is a Christmas denier. She 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 refuses to acknowledge Christmas until it's too late to possibly do anything else. Gotcha. I'm uh, I'm the opposite, but uh, that that's fine. We that's the beauty of uh, friendship uh-huh. is we all get along and learn from each other. And one mm-hmm. uh, one quick thing too, uh, another friend mm-hmm. of the podcast. And speaking of daughters and important days and such, Glenn's daughter is getting married. Uh, the recording of this podcast this weekend too so a really busy weekend coming up but uh in a couple of weeks we will have glenn back on to talk about all that's going on in the lagrange hockey league and so on and so forth he has some exciting news to share so uh all the best to him and his daughter and his family so good luck and all the best congratulations glenn should i sing to her too Take over, Glenn. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of singing to do and with no warm-ups, too. I'm impressed. Yeah, well... You should know by now, James, that I do absolutely no preparation of any kind for this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, it just magically happens. Yep, it just comes together. It's just that easy. Sure. (laughs) Just like the tape deck, right? (laughs) Yes, exactly like the tape deck. (laughs) Oh, I'm still so tired. (laughs) I don't blame you, man, but it was was worth worth it. It It was worth it, yeah. But we can't live in the past, James. We must live in the now and progress swiftly towards the future because we have plenty of other hockey-related things to talk about on this podcast. Yes, we do, and some good, good stuff, too. By the way, this is apropos of nothing, well, at least nothing outwardly relevant to the podcast. It, it, it might become tangentially relevant, but before we jump into the, the proper discussions and what have you, I feel like I should point out that just this past Friday... Since we are well-documented WWE fans, you and I, it was it was just this past Friday that SmackDown premiered on uh, a station where you used to be familiar with their products and programming intimately. Um, the, yeah, cover your ears, James. The- SmackDown premiered on Fox and it was really, really good. Uh, there, there's an added note to that. When I was working for that company, that was my idea to bring the WWE to those airwaves. So just got to put that on the record there. 
hey, you did it. I mean, <laughs> you you weren't you didn't stick around to reap the rewards, but you did it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I know that Gary and I are doing a podcast here, but uh, that's how television works. There are no original ideas. Actually, you know what's sad, James? What? We're sitting here and we're talking about this, you know, the WWE on Fox where you used to work and mm-hmm. purport to have floated that as an idea many mm-hmm. years ago. And uh, I currently work for a company which is affiliated with the company that is currently airing AEW, which is WWE's brand new competition. Yeah, I actually, the other day I was flipping through the channels and I saw Chris Jericho was involved there. I watched a little bit of it and, and they have JR too doing the announcing. So that's pretty, Correct. That that's most impressive to be hitting the ground running like that. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, if this isn't, I promise this isn't going to become a wrestling podcast. We're, we're just, we're going to get it out of our system now, <laughs> mostly now, and then uh, we'll move on to the hockey. But so, yes, you're right. Chris Jericho is their champion. Uh, JR is the one of the play-by-play guys. Um, the former Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, is one of their big stars now. Uh, it was it, one of the founders of the company was Cody Rhodes, who is a former WWE superstar and the son of of you know one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, the <laughs> son of a plumber. He got hard times put upon him. Hard times. Yeah, but so him. And yeah, th- there are, there, you know, his brother, the former Gold Dust, uh, Dustin Rhodes, he is also affiliated with the promotion. They, they do have a lot of roots and ties to WWE, but they are very much their own thing. So I guess good luck to everybody involved. And, you know, if you were a wrestling fan back during the Attitude Era of the late 90s, then you you may remember fondly the Monday Night Wars. Well, now uh, we have engaged in a new era of the Wednesday Night Wars. So that's that's going to be a thing. So we'll see how that plays out. Yes, and competition usually does bring out the best in companies and so on and so forth. So we'll see how that goes. But good luck. Indeed. Good luck, one and all. But enough about that, James. We have we have hockey to talk about on this hockey podcast. Oh, or at least yeah. that is what I have been given to believe. Sorry. That, no, no, that's quite a, I, I brought it up. So, you know, it's fine. But I think we should move on now. Okay. <laughs> Wrestling time is over. We must move on to hockey time. Hockey time is now. I don't know what I'm doing there. It's just, I, I tried to, I, I tried to do some kind of robotic transition, but I don't know why. And it didn't really work. Anyway, moving on, moving on, moving past it. Yeah, Let's just yeah. pretend it didn't happen. I, I thought we were doing like the Rangers schedule where yes, the league started, but we only play two games out of eight to 10 nights of hockey. The first That's week right. Or two. We, yeah. we talked about hockey for a yeah. couple of minutes and then we took 10 minutes off. <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's exactly right it's it see it bring, came full circle way to way to pull it back in james wheels within wheels all right, all right. thank you thank you because well, I, I yeah i owe you about a dozen so all right <laughs> anyway so james <laughs> you can make up one of those dozen if you wouldn't mind could you please tell us what is on deck for this podcast yes sir thanks ever so much <laughs> Triple H. (laughs) No, not that Triple H, but hockey helps the homeless. Dozens of Queens University students recently got together to play the game of deck hockey and raise money for the homeless in Ontario. Capital refurbishment. The Washington Capitals have recently completed work on refurbishing 10 deck hockey rinks in four states with five more rinks to go. And gaining traction in D.C. Our buddy Wayne Barrett, D.C. Street Hockey Commissioner, is in the middle of all that capital's generosity and can vouch for the great work that has been done. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You're welcome, sir. It really is all about the game and how you play it. Yes. Sorry to get that one last bit of uh, wrestling out of our systems there, but excellent job. It's all about control. You can take it. I was never a big Motorhead fan, but I know you know there are there are many who are. So uh, I I have nothing 
specifically against Lemmy. So, you know, I shall not speak ill of the dead and I shall not continue to just go, even though that's how the song sounded. (laughs) You know, because that seems rude. It, well said and well done and yes god rest your soul emmy we lost I another game. So, continue sorry <laughs> actually i i would love to hear i mean i don't want you to strain your voice but i would love to hear the rest of the podcast done by the american rhino doing lemmy that's so good actually this is so <laughs> quick story here james I, I'm, I'm pretty sure i've told you this but i don't think i've ever mentioned this on air probably so hmm I will tell you about probably my most embarrassing moment ever editing the podcast. Uh, so I want to take you way, way back, way back to towards the beginning of the podcast, the, somewhere in the first 50 episodes, maybe even the first 25 episodes. I don't remember when we, we started doing it exactly. But when we first started to do the drops for the podcast, now, since I intro what's on the podcast every week, we don't do the drop at the beginning and the end. We only have the end. But for a long time, we, we did those little kind of non sequitur uh, bits uh, at the beginning and the end of the podcast. And one of the first ones that we did for, for, for those of you who don't know, I think I've mentioned this before, but you know, new listeners probably wouldn't know. And, and really, if you weren't paying attention or don't remember, it's not something that it would probably stick out at you. I generally edit the podcast on my iPad on the bus or subway on my way to work. So I, you know, I, I have it there. I have my headphones plugged in. I, and I'm, I just sit there and I edit the podcast with that during my commute, which is, well, now <laughs> verging close to two hours, but that's yeah. neither here nor there. So back, back when we first started doing the drops, one of the first ones that we did was for whatever reason, I, what was me doing that, that very thing? Like it's all about the game and how you play it's all about control. You can take it. As well. um, so that basically that, and for whatever reason, <laughs> I actually had taken my headphones out of my iPad uh, when when I was editing the podcast. I, I think I had to like render something or or normalize something. It, it, the process took a long time, so I, I moved them over to my phone so I could listen to another podcast or music or something. Anyway, I forgot to put them back in the iPad when I went back to start editing. So. I went, I, I pressed play and the whole bus heard me going, it's all about the game and how you play it. <laughs> and I quickly pressed pause once I realized what happened, but you know, I got a few looks, so. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. Fun times. And, uh, just before we get into the, uh, the hockey helps the homeless uh, topic, um, I mean, if you're familiar with, with mass transit in New York, we've heard much, 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 much worse. So I would have loved to have heard not only Lemmy himself or at least somebody doing a great impression of Lemmy. That would definitely brighten my day on a, on a horrible commute, which is the MTA. So well done, American Rhino. Yeah, thank you. So we're going to go visit Ontario now and uh, talk about this great website and... Uh, Sorry, sorry. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of the homeless, <laughs> you know, true. Given, Very... You know, uh, as 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 we New Yorkers encounter quite often on mass transit. Absolutely right, American Rhino. Very true. Uh, especially as the uh, colder months are coming up now. Anyway, mm. uh, maybe this chapter should not only just stay in Canada, but come over here in the states, and particularly in New York. It would be nice to help homeless people. In all honesty, seriously. It's no joke, and uh, I could really be homeless myself, as as we were saying at the beginning of the podcast, since I've been out of work, but uh, God bless my parents and so on and so forth, but for the people that aren't lucky to have loved ones take care of them and help them out, they have no choice but to get kicked out and find themselves on the street. Horrible nightmare, and that seems to be an epidemic in Canada too, so a lot of people took it upon themselves to start a charity to make sure these poor people can have a chance and get a life back and just support themselves and be normal and feel human again. 
have a nice warm shower in the morning, have, uh, you know, a roof over your head and, yeah. and feel like you're worth something. So, uh, you know, God bless him for that. There are dozens of Queens University students that is a chapter of Hockey Helps the Homeless. And again, there are multiple areas around Canada and uh, various places that contribute to Hockey Helps the Homeless. And if you're interested in looking into it or donating or whatever the case is, they have their own website, HockeyHelpsTheHomeless.com. You could go check out that information there and see the great things that they are doing to help their fellow man and woman. But uh, in the meantime, it was just this past weekend that they held the uh, deck hockey tournament to raise funds for the uh, Queen's University chapter. And this is in Ontario. There were seven teams that showed up and they raised a few hundred dollars, which was really sweet. This was all college students doing this, which is something I think is very important, that we need young people to have big hearts and worry about other people and not just be staring at a screen all day and not interacting with one another. So uh, deck hockey, fundraising, helping people doesn't get better than that. Yeah, I mean, I lo- <laughs> you don't have to sell me ever on playing deck hockey, but like, yeah, I mean, that's something I definitely throw in for. Like, I- I'd, be, I'd be super down with that. You know, if, if given the opportunity, unfortunately, we don't have something like that here as yet. But, you know, it's never too early to start. Yeah, it's true. And hopefully this uh, podcast, if, if we can't uh, get some help doing that, maybe this podcast could inspire a listener out there to do something. And that's that's always a good thing. And uh, so this is, again, college level and pro-am tournaments that are run by Hockey Helps the Homeless. This, of course, again, was the version of the Queen's University. And uh, there are also other tournaments that they do, which the crown jewel is an ice hockey tournament that they do uh, every winter. And uh, the next one is set for February 28th, 2020. Their goal is to raise $55,000. And the cool thing about that is they get uh, about 12 teams for the ice hockey version. And uh, they ask each player to raise $250 a piece. And then hopefully they could get to that $55,000. As far as I know, in this article written by Megan Balog, and uh, pardon me if I uh, mispronounced your name, but uh, this was in, it looks like American dollars because it had the dollar sign there. So that's pretty impressive and good luck to them. So that again is coming up in February. But in the meantime, they have a few little, if you will, tournaments that helps contribute. And uh, again, yeah, I mean, deck hockey, we've said so many times that it's such a great fundraising tool where everybody can contribute, everybody can play, everybody can have fun and a great way to promote that. And uh, so well done to the students of Queens University and the great job by Hockey Helps the Homeless. And uh, hopefully that they will be so successful that they won't have to worry about helping anybody because everybody will have a roof over his or her head. So great work. Keep it up and well done. Yep. The journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step, right? That's very true. Absolutely. And uh, one of the benefits of growing up listening and watching Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood is that we are all important and we can make a positive difference. So that's a great example to do so. And as the American Rhino said, if you can do something great and have fun and play deck hockey, why not? Yeah. I mean, Let's make some of those steps chasing after a little orange ball. Amen to that. Getting back to the States, the Washington Capitals are really definitely doing their part and more in terms of promoting deck hockey specifically, not just the wonderful, beautiful sport of hockey, but deck hockey and ball hockey. And uh, as uh, speaking of past hit the decks that uh, we were talking about before, Mr. Kelly K of M Power Play, not to be outdone, uh, he just opened up that great arena with deck superstars in Nassau County and, and the Nassau County uh, PAL in Massapequa, Long Island. And of course, American Rhino and I were there. We were honored to be there for the opening of that beautiful new deck area. But uh, Kelly K has worked with the Coyotes too, and they've built four deck hockey rinks specifically. And if you want to go check that out, you can go to empowerplayproject.com and you could see Kelly as for the fourth arena that they opened up in Tucson, Arizona, with the help of the uh, Arizona Coyotes and the Tucson Roadrunners and, and the Boys and Girls Club of Tucson as well, that uh, he hosted a little grand opening video of that. So you could go check that out. So, um, you know, they've done their part. But uh, go over here in Washington, here on the East Coast of the United States, 
in the D.C. area, and the Capitals have really done so much to promote deck hockey and, and, and hockey in general that they've refurbished 10 deck hockey rinks, and they have five more to go. They're not done yet. Yeah, I mean, you can safely assume that we are not going to make it out there for those grand openings, unfortunately, but, we, you know, <laughs> I guess we, we can support them from afar by talking about them like this, like we're doing now. Exactly. And that was the point of what Kelly Kay was talking about, too, with the Empower Play project and Deck Superstars and so on and so forth, that they mm. are putting their money where their mouth is most literally. And it's really great to see. And the Capitals are doing and there are other great teams in the NHL that do that as well, as we talked about Tampa Bay and uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Boston Bruins, the Avalanche in Colorado. And uh, the list goes on and on with the Rangers and the Islanders and Devils do locally here. Ice hockey in Harlem, for example. It's really wonderful. The NHL does so much to promote the game and the Capitals are right in the middle of it. So not only are they taking care of the D.C. area, but also Maryland, Virginia and West Virginia, too which encompasses those 10 deck hockey refurbishments that they have already completed. And it's through the National Hockey League's Industry Growth Fund, and it cost $1.9 million to do all of that. And on top of that, they promote the game too. So once they refurbish the rink and open it up, they teach kids how to play, and they focus on 8 to 14-year-olds, and they even give them a free street hockey stick to boot. You know, I have to admit, when you say Kelly literally puts his money where his mouth is, I know what you meant. But what I envision is him like wearing a hockey helmet uh, with a, a stick in one hand and a puck in the other and a big wad of cash in his mouth, just running up to people like. Right. I mean. That's that's I'm that's what I think of. But then I'm a lunatic. No, that's true. And uh, I apologize to my mother, the English teacher and Weird Al Yankovic, too. I can't believe I'm guilty of misusing the word literally. Ugh. If you're not familiar, James is referring to the Weird Al song Word Crimes, which is. Mm, oh, it's a, a masterpiece. Yes. For any English teacher out there and for anybody who wants to be literate in the English language. It's a must listen to. And uh, to, to quote Weird Al, the, the specific line to which you refer, just now, you said you literally couldn't get out of bed. That really makes me want to literally smack a crowbar across your stupid head. Yes. Never mind, I give up. <laughs> which uh, rumor has it you may be bringing up somebody wielding a crowbar in the near future of this podcast? The heck you say. But we'll save that for another segment. What kind of psychotic terror would wield a crowbar in a hockey capacity? Good question. Good question indeed. You'll just have to stay tuned to find out who that is. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you don't have to think very hard, but uh, let's just maintain the pretense that it's a mystery. Okay. <laughs> and uh, again, getting back to the wonderful work that the Capitals have done, mm -hmm. um, there's even more money that was uh, focused another $894,000, which goes to diversity of streetwide street hockey curriculum that the Capitals teach. And then an additional $800,000 towards the growth of youth hockey in support of all of that as well. So it all comes together and it's a lot of money. And as you're probably familiar, the NHL, at least in the United States, is considered kind of like the fourth league, if you will. You know, there's MLB, NFL, NBA, and that's where all the big money is and, and the ridiculous billion-dollar contracts and the TV contracts and blah, blah, blah. But the NHL is a lot more humble in that aspect, and they aren't floating in dough like the other leagues are. So when they give money, it really is from the heart, and it does mean a lot more, too because there's less of it to go around. So I'm not saying that they're uh, going bankrupt or anything or hurting or anything like that, but uh, just to put it in perspective, that they don't need to be this generous and do all of that because they could just even do a fundraiser and let somebody else come up with the money. But this is the Capitals coming up with the money. This is the NHL coming up with the money. And they have the brain capacity to know that they have to promote the sport and. Uh, 
gentlemen like Kelly Kay, like us on this podcast, and Glenn and, and other people that we've met along the way in the ball hockey world, that we want to promote this beautiful game in all aspects. And the best way to do it is through deck hockey. The NHL knows that. The Capitals know it better than anybody else. And they've really, really proved it here. I mean, just what a goal to have of doing 10 deck hockey rinks and, and still having a goal of at least five more for this season, by the way, for 2019-20, the NHL season. They want to complete those five other rinks. When you talk about the the street curriculum, I'm thinking back to Craig Stanton and, and the ice hockey in Harlem <laughs> Uh, curriculum that he was talking about where they bring the kids into the classroom and do like chalkboard sessions and actually teach them about the game. I'm envisioning some kind of analog for street hockey, like, like a bunch of kids in a classroom and there's like, you know, a street drawn on the chalkboard <laughs> with, uh, you know, nets uh, uh, at either end and like a sewer grate circled with a big X through it. And, you know, arrows pointing at the cars at either end. And, <laughs> and uh, it's ridiculous. But as I've previously established, so am I. <laughs> That's an interesting way to look at it and great way to engage the, the youngsters to be interested in, and fall in love with hockey. So why not? I mean, not not a lot of X's and O's on the in street hockey. You know, I mean, well, I guess depending on how large the street you're playing in is and what your confines are but you know your your general narrow side street there's not a lot of room for strategy there no and another benefit of deck hockey as opposed to roller hockey there too as i have tried to play roller hockey in my life there's no room really on a side street to play roller hockey but there is enough room to play deck hockey and it's much much safer too especially you know, sometimes the ball will carry him off a car here or there, and somebody who drives and cares about his automobile, that means a lot. So we don't want people dinging and scratching our cars and breaking windows and all that stuff. So the uh, ball is much easier on the automobile than a puck would be. Hey, you know, my daughter, who I paid quite a bit of attention to earlier in the podcast, she recently got a taste of inline skating, and she really liked it. So, you know, she... Who knows? Maybe she'll take up roller hockey a few years down the road. You're already doing an excellent job raising her as it is, so I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. But that's awesome. That's very exciting. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, she some uh, some of her interests are ongoing and some are very fleeting. But I mean, she she got ice hockey lessons last year and she really enjoyed them. So maybe if she gets inline skates, which I'm not confirming or denying, given her birthday is Saturday, but if she should wind up with inline skates, then, you know, it, it, it may be an instance where she can skate similar to ice skating, you know, just out on a regular surface without having to be on ice. So hopefully that's, uh, that's something that she will stick with. Yeah, definitely. And that's the beauty of the technology of hockey in general, too, is that the inline skates are so much better I mean, especially now from when I started playing like 20 years ago that the, 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 the roller hockey skates could blow away the ones that I have with the ball bearings and, and how they react and the, even the design of the wheels themselves as they've perfected that where there are wheels specifically for inside on a deck rink or even a gym. And then there are wheels for the street and for harder surfaces and so on and so forth. So that's excellent. And, and they have the ankle support. And it's so similar to ice skating, too. And uh, again, as, as we said on, on, on podcasts past, personally for me, that there's no way I would have ever attempted to try ice skating if I didn't know how or at least try to uh, or be familiar with roller skating before, because I'm not good at either. But uh, that, that's an excellent step. So, yeah, you play deck hockey, move on to roller hockey and then ice hockey. And uh, that's usually the progression. But if your daughter's already got that head start, man, if, if you got the skating down, then it's kind of everything falls into place with the stick handling and, and playing and not worrying about falling down all the time. That That's tremendous. Although if you are going to be inline skating, I, I want to make a, well, I was going to say make a recommendation, but it's more of a, a recommendation on what to avoid. The like roller blade official branded knee protection and elbow protection and all that. Avoid that like the plague because it's like, it's really cheaply made. I got those and the, the literally the 
first time I used them, I fell once and I wasn't even going that fast. I fell once and the knee guard, the, the plastic kind of the, the, the actual plastic guard part ripped off of the, the sleeve, the knee sleeve part and jammed into my kneecap. Mm. They're really poorly made. Do not get those if you value your body. Excellent advice, American Rhino. He's speaking from experience. Spend a little more and get something reliable. That, that's my advice. Yeah, and especially if you're, if you're going to play hockey, too, and uh, you can listen to Podcast Past, where Gary and I give advice on our opinions of the best equipment to buy and uh, for the best price, too. But uh, yes, if, if you are getting to roller hockey, we do recommend that um, you stick with the hockey stuff because like shin guards and elbow pads, they are built to be durable and they do work very, very well. But excellent advice. Yes, don't stick with the rollerblade brand stuff, but stick with good elbow pads that, that are designed for roller hockey or even ice hockey too, because they will help you. And also, too, if you have the gloves, that they give you enough support for your wrists as well. Because if you fall awkwardly, they um, definitely have impact-absorbing material in them. And uh, it's very hard to brace yourself in an awkward way with a hockey glove if you're falling backwards or something, where usually if if you're not wearing a glove, you can break your wrist or or snap a finger or something like that. But the hockey gloves are definitely uh, helpful in uh, keeping you healthy and safe. Good point. Again, yeah, the American Rhino and I are talking, we, we, we're, we live the experience. We're just sharing our personal experiences. And yeah, man, I mean, American Rhino, that is horrible. You go through the effort to protect yourself and then you end up gashing your knee. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, I mean, it, it could have been a lot worse, but I, I got, I mean, it did drive into my kneecap and it hurt a lot for a while, but Fortunately, it was it, it didn't, you know, dig that deep into it. So it could have been a lot worse. I got lucky. Well, you're a tough guy. They don't call you the American Rhino for nothing. So uh, just be I aware mean, of that. I call myself the American Rhino. It's not like I earned that nickname because I walked through, you know, a sea of fire chewing nails and I don't know, other stereotypically tough things. Well, when you have your game face on, I'm very confident knowing that you're in net. So American Rhino it is. All right. Thank you. Sure. And uh, so the other great thing with what the Capitals are doing, again, they have at least four rinks in Virginia, uh, another three in Maryland, and two in West Virginia. So this article has about eight rinks. All told, there are 10. And then there are going to be plans for five more. So if you're in the D.C. area, Maryland, Virginia, West Virginia, keep your eyes out. Because the Capitals want you to play ball hockey. They encourage you to do so. And go out and try it. Because these are great rinks. They go through a lot of effort to refurbish them. And put scoreboards up. And make the surfaces so much fun. Because that is really key. Like what we went through with Massapequa. And what Kelly was talking about in Deck Superstars. Is it makes such a difference. When you're playing on a surface. Where the ball is true. And you can pass. And you can shoot. And you know... You're not looking down all the time to make sure that that ball is on your stick and you can have fun. And it's so much more fun when you're not worrying about all that other stuff. If there's pebbles or whatever the case is, and then you're inside these great boards and you can pass off of them and stuff. Oh boy. And and even the fact that there's a scoreboard and a horn, it, it just makes you feel like it's professional and slick. And it's so encouraging having just the benches and all that. It really enhances it so, so much. So if you're in the area there, and uh, in Capitals country, please take advantage of it because they're doing so much to promote the game of hockey. They, their hearts are in the right place. And, uh, you know, it would be a darn shame if you don't take advantage of it. Yeah. And if you play a big game on one of these rinks, film it and send it to us so we can do a tape deck. Absolutely. It'll be easier to film that way, too, because when you're on a great rink surface, you can just go in the middle and uh, either hang out by the scorer's table or something, and then you can go back and forth, but definitely, yes, American Rhino, great plug there. I would recommend doing it from like the penalty box or or the scorer's box if it's unobstructed, just because you do get a nice central view of the whole rink, so you're not too far away from the action on either end. But, you know, give us what you got, and we'll see if we can do something with it. 
And sticking in the D.C. area, friend of the podcast, Mr. Wayne Barrett. Again, he finds himself right in the middle of all of this great stuff that the Capitals are doing. And he has told us about the rink that they were specifically working on in the in the D.C. Street Hockey League that the Capitals completed. And we shared all that on our uh, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter because it's such a great looking rink and it really came out so, so well. But uh, the local ABC affiliate actually did a piece on the league of the uh, D.C. Street Hockey League and what the Capitals are up to. Lucky. <laughs> and um, if you need to catch up again, Wayne was on Hit the Deck 137 and 138. And thanks to Craig from HTD 135 for introducing us to him. And also, we can't forget Kamish Suds, who was in Hit the Deck 142 and 143, because all of them have something to do with hockey in the D.C. area. And that's what the Capitals love and all of their work and effort is paying off for that because the popularity seems to be so healthy in the D.C. area and the surrounding states, too. And we've seen proof of that, too, with uh, just a couple of friends that we've met through the podcast and, and for them so kindly reaching out to us and being guests on the podcast. Yeah, we live in the wrong state, buddy. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> And uh, I should take a hint, too, <laughs> in, in many ways to get out of town. But uh, anyway, while I'm still here, I could dream about going to D.C. or maybe even visiting or, uh, you know, in the Carolinas and stuff, too. But uh, the D.C. Street Hockey League had its Origins tournament recently. And again, uh, the local ABC affiliate was there to cover it. And they interviewed Mr. Wayne Barrett himself. So he got some airtime, too. So that was pretty cool. And uh, this was the rink that the Capitals refurbished in, I believe it was Virginia, in Alexandria, Virginia. And um, so they have their tournament that they hold the first week of October. And this was the 10th year that they did it. And uh, to, to hold it on the newly refurbished rink by the Washington Capitals was just that much sweeter. Oh, wait, I remember him talking about this tournament. This is the one where the the players are all like people from the league who and many of them have kind of gone off in in different different places but they all come back and and they group them together by the teams they root for is that what i'm thinking of yes that's right american rhino as a matter of fact there were players that came as far from canada to participate there were players from philadelphia there were players from new york and new jersey too so they all came down to the dc area or at least in uh, virginia to uh, compete in the D.C. Street Hockey Origins Tournament. Exactly. That's exactly what uh, Wayne was talking about a few podcasts ago. And uh, they even had enough players from the Midwest in general. So there was a Philadelphia team, a New York, New Jersey team. We had to combine there. There was a Canadian team and a Midwestern team, too. I do like this quote from Kelly Broadhurst, who was one of the players there. Not playing deck hockey just doesn't make sense to me. Yes, and she is a member of the Stanley Cupcakes, which is a team that uh, uh, Wayne did mention, and just such a great name, too. <laughs> yeah, although I imagine if Gary Bettman stood up there and exhorted somebody to come and get their Stanley Cupcakes, that that would probably be problematic for a whole host of reasons. <laughs> yes, it would. But hey, man, I mean, if they have the Capitals doing all this great good, um, you know, why not have the uh, NHL commissioner make an appearance, too? I mean, I can think of a few reasons. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, so are there I mean, any? Oh. Why spoil a wonderful event with Gary Bettman? I'm kind of being a little bit of a hypocrite here, but uh, the older I get, the more I appreciate that he has his hands full and it's impossible to make everybody happy. But yes, I do admit. I have booed the commissioner a few times in my past, so I'm sorry about that. And just suds? A, no, 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 no. I'd never commit. I'd, I'd never boo Commish Suds. What or, do you have against Suds? I, I love Commish Suds. I'd, I'd never boo Wayne Barrett either, or Glenn, or or anybody else, or Kevin, or uh, Lou, or all, all of our good friends, all of our great commissioner friends of of deck hockey. No, I I applaud them and and appreciate them and tapping the stick in, in their honors, too. But uh, I'm talking about the, the big commissioner of the NHL. I was saying Lou Suds. That doesn't make any sense. What are you talking about, American Rhino? Have you been hit on the head? Not recently. Don't tell me you got in the way of a big orange maniac. 
no, uh, no. Fortunately, that has not happened. Good. I want to keep it that way. But, uh, you know, it, it, it could happen. It could happen any time. And the, the more and more I talk about him, the more and more I invite such behavior. But you know what? The people want it. So I cannot deny them what they want. So, James, I guess it is incumbent upon me to hold a brand new edition of This Week in Gritty. This Week in Gritty. And it is only the second week of the NHL season. Has Gritty been busy? Yes, he has. (laughs) I mean, I guess this was, you know, this is the second week we're going into, but this was opening week for Gritty that we're covering. So, you know, I guess start... Start the second season with a bang, you know, or a maniacal howl in the middle of the night. I mean, not the gritty talks, but I don't know. Like kind of the distant maniacal laughter in an abandoned insane asylum. That seems like the right vibe, right? Yes. So, okay. Anyway, what has our favorite orange lunatic been up to? <laughs> he has, uh, he's had himself a week. I'm... When last we left off this week in Gritty, you may remember Gritty was, he he was having a fun little European tour because (laughs) the Flyers had gone to Switzerland for the final game of their preseason and Gritty dressed up like Swiss Miss and he, he had a bunch of hijinks in Switzerland and there was chocolate involved and yodeling and I don't know, Gritty. But so, so the reason they were in Europe was not because they are big fans of Chevy Chase movies. No, in fact, they were in Europe because they opened their season in the Czech Republic against the Chicago Blackhawks. And, you know, I I have to say, I expected some more hijinks of the Czech variety from Gritty. If there were any, I didn't see them. So I guess he behaved himself in Czech. But that doesn't mean that he couldn't cause problems here in the U.S., you know, remotely, because we lived in an age where we're all interconnected and an age of instantaneous communication where Gritty can say one thing in check and and cause all kinds of havoc in the U.S. So what was this? Well, Gritty doesn't speak, so he can say something without saying anything at all. Ah, that's that that's kind of philosophical there. That that's that's like, you know, sound to one hand clapping type stuff there. I, uh, uh, anyway, it's too late for this nonsense. Okay, so let me, <laughs> what am I building up to? What is all this preamble for? Gritty, like anyone on a vacation, Gritty sent a postcard back to the U.S. to, to all of his, his Flyer fans. And what this postcard was, was in Gritty's words, it was an excuse note Gritty was encouraging everybody to cut work and school to go to the Wells Fargo Center to the Xfinity Live, which I guess is like their sports bar in Wells Fargo, and catch the opening game of, you know, the the Flyers and the Blackhawks. So Gritty basically was encouraging every Flyers fan to ditch so they could come and, and watch the game. I'm sure... All of the bosses and teachers in the Philadelphia area are big gritty fans. Yeah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I was able to watch the game because I had nothing else to do. Uh, did you go to the Xfinity Live? No. Did I you just do wa- it because Gritty told you to, James? No. You no, know, I- James. You know, Jimbo. As you get older, you're gonna learn about a little something called peer pressure. Now. <laughs> Son, I'm proud of you, and I want you to know that just because all your friends tell you that you need to do something, that doesn't mean you need to do it, boy. You listen to me. You are your own man, son, and sometimes a man has to take a stand. And just because a big, orange, googly-faced, crazy person tells him, (laughs) you shouldn't go be productive today, you you should ditch. And like everybody else is doing it, you don't have to do it. You listen to your heart. You do what's right, James. Thanks, Pappy. You make me proud, boy. Much obliged. (laughs) I don't know where that came from. I appreciate it. I'm a Dukes of Hazzard fanatic, so (laughs) reminiscent of Uncle Jesse, so thank you, sir. 
Yeah. Okay. You're welcome. R- Uncle Jesse was on the Dukes of Hazard. What about the uh, <laughs> What about the rest of his band, the Rippers? Jesse and the Rippers <laughs> were the Beach Boys there. <laughs> no. What about Uncle Joey and Danny Tanner? Uh, what about the Olsen Twins? I don't want to go off on a bigger tangent from this week and gritty. I do have a funny story. I'd be happy to relay with you off the air about that. But uh, no, I'm I'm talking about Uncle Jesse Duke. Not uh, Jesse Katsopolitz or whatever his name was from uh, from Full House. Have mercy. <laughs> All right, James. I guess then I should cut it out. Oh, oh man. The American oh. Rhino is on the loose, baby. Ah, yeah. The, the dad references. Oh, they are never ending with me. <laughs> You're the best. Okay. Yeah, well... <laughs> There's still plenty of gritty to get to, so I can't get bogged down in all this full housiness. So, uh, um, gritty in celebration of the new season. He uh, not only did he give everybody license to cut whatever their responsibilities f- were for that particular afternoon. He also, to I guess to amp everyone up, dropped uh, what is being described as a wildly chaotic Spotify playlist. So if you are a fan of music with no rhyme, reason, or theme to it, cruise over to Gritty's Spotify list and check that out. It's, as he himself would probably say, it him. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I did happen to see his tweet and I thought I misread it, but it seems like he did that on purpose. I guess he tweets like he would speak. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's his brand. So uh, something else that's his brand is his his crazy, crazy googly eyes, James, his big orange face with those big googly insane eyes plastered right in the middle of it. And uh, we've often talked about how those things can haunt our nightmares. And listener, they can haunt yours too. Because not only does the creature himself have those things staring at you, but uh, the, the entire team of Philadelphia Flyers do as well because they had bandanas made up with Gritty's googly eyes just wrapped around their heads staring at you. I mean, you know... If you sat there and thought to yourself, you know, I don't have enough night terrors in my life. I should get some more of those. Then seek out some pictures there because, uh, you know, you you too can be bombarded with a panoply of gritty. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Lou. <laughs> yes, he is our he's our gritty correspondent or so it would seem. He has he's always with, yeah. pointing out, you know, new and interesting gritty related phenomena and happenings phenomena 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 that guy looks like he could actually be related distantly to gritty i think yeah as a matter of fact if memory serves super fan sue sent us uh, speaking of links a link that uh, a young child confused Cookie Monster with Gritty somehow. And I think you're right. And, and she definitely determined that Cookie Monster is a blue monster and Gritty is orange. But maybe the googly eyes were the giveaway. Well, that, that's true. And we covered that on a previous edition of This Week in Gritty. But that was not Cookie Monster who did that. That was a, like a, a more custom type Muppet that, that did the Menomina song. Oh, that, yes. I mean, that, that's classic. Some of the uh, mm-hmm. Sesame sure. Street songs were, were, were the best of all time. But, but um, I believe yeah. that guy also had a crazy orange beard. So, you know. I believe, yeah. And, and um, crazy hair, too, if, if memory serves. Mm-hmm. But uh, good, Phenomena. Good, good times. Phenomena. Phenomena. I know it's phenomena, not phenomena. But, you know, it sounds similar enough that these things set me off. Anyway, you mentioned Superfan Sue. Another thing that, speaking of Superfan Sue, Sue, we, we need to give you and any other Devil fan fair warning here because Gritty, uh, you know, the, the, the Flyers played the Devils and Gritty he is Gritty. You know, I think 
it seems like his obsession with Kim Kardashian has waned or or at least he's uh, he he's letting that one simmer for a while because when when the devils came to town he decided to i guess the term would be troll PK Subban with a sign you can you can see Subban on the ice in the foreground and and gritty on the glass in the background holding up a sign saying Lindsay could do better and that of course is referring to PK Subban's fiance Lindsay Vaughn so uh and, and I should also point out the sign had arrows pointing up at Gritty holding the sign. So he was clearly indicating that that he believed himself to be the the more suitable candidate for marriage for for Lindsay Vaughn. So uh you know PK watch your back. <laughs> the good thing is one of the best defensemen in the game has absolutely nothing to worry about. I don't know man, have you seen him do that thing with his torso? <laughs> You know, the thing where he kind of thrusts and yes. throws his torso at you? Yes, but, but I P.K. Mean, Subban is he's a tough For all we know, that is his mating ritual. I, just, I'm, Lindsay's a great athlete herself, so I'm sure she could defend herself quite well too, but when you have one of the top defensemen in the league that's going to marry you, I, I think she's totally fine. But you know, James, I have to say, if by some crazy fluke... Gritty did walk off with Lindsey Vaughn and steal her straight out from under the nose of P.K. Subban, he would probably get pretty angry. And he would need a place to take out that anger. And uh, he might want to go to the final bit of business here on This Week in Gritty. And that is the brand spanking new, I guess you would call it an amenity, at the Wells Fargo Center that was introduced this week by Gritty, and that is their disassembly room, as they call it, or more commonly known, the Rage Room. The Rage Room! Rage! It's all over the game! I know you play it, son of a bitch! Who's gonna make it? I am the game, you don't wanna play me? I am Anyway, so they opened this room at the Wells Fargo Center, and by they, I mean Gritty, because of course Gritty was the one to open this. And what is this place? This is a room, dear listener. If you've ever been so mad at your team that you wanted to punch your television, or perhaps take a hockey stick and put it through your television, or take a crowbar and put it through your television, but you've thought to yourself, you know, I could do that, but then... I would be out of very expensive television. Well, the Flyers have you covered because apparently their fans are, are so violent that they needed an outlet for this. They could not be trusted on their own. So Gritty was the very first participant in the Rage Room. And the Rage Room is a room in the Wells Fargo Center where for a fee, you can go in and you can spend five minutes breaking everything in the room. And they have televisions and I guess like paintings and they have a bunch of things that you can break and and take your frustration and anger out on with, you know, hockey sticks and crowbars and some such. So if you if you do want that outlet to vent your frustration and you find yourself at Wells Fargo, say the Flyers have just uh, blown a very large lead or, you know, blown a lead in a very, very important game, you can head down to the Rage Room and I'm sure there'll be a line. But uh, <laughs> the rates, at least as of now, are $35 for one person and $60 for two people for five minutes. And you can destroy whatever's in there. Of course, I would assume after the first person, <laughs> the much of the stuff in there would be pre-destroyed. So you'd basically be taking out your anger on stuff that's already wrecked, which is, you know, a little less satisfying if you ask me. But that's, uh, you know, that's life, I guess. Now, what I want to know is what did they charge Gritty? Because while he is technically only one person, which would be the $35 rate, he is the size of and possibly could have gone in having eaten two people. So, you know, 
that really he probably should be charged for the for the double rate at sixty dollars. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I have really have no comment on this. It's it's so absurd and so embarrassing and so silly. I guess I do have an opinion on it, but good golly, Miss Molly, I don't understand it. And when are they going to cross the line if they haven't already? I thought it was worse and and the lowest of the low when uh, I I know in the old veteran stadium that they had to put a prison in there, a literal jail, because their fans are so out of control and ridiculous for unruly fans. But the, 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 the rage room or whatever they call, I'm a fan of the rage cage of the Incredible Hulk breaking out of that thing. That is cool. But this is so dangerous, so irresponsible. And then they charge people. $35 or $60, and if you're in there with two people, Lord knows how hurt you can possibly get, speaking of protecting yourself. Well, and, they do and, put you in protective equipment. I don't uh, well, know if it's that rollerblade stuff or what, but uh, yeah. I assume they would at least give you a pair of goggles. I hope so, but wow, that's a new low, and thank you for sharing that with us, American Rhino. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's Philly. They, uh, again, I mean, I know they don't like to be reminded of this, but they threw snowballs at Santa Claus. Yep. There are anger management issues in this town, James. Yep, indeed. And as, as somebody who's, who visited there once, I can tell you that the reputation is well-earned. <laughs> they come by it honestly. Rocky deserves so much better. <laughs> Ew. You know what? Rocky probably could have gotten a pretty good workout before he fought Apollo had he paid for five minutes in the rage room. I mean, you know, as it was, he was hitting sides of beef and stuff. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure he could uppercut a, a flat screen. <laughs> That's, uh, that would probably give him, you know, give him a workout. And <laughs> you know what, James? What? If he dies, he dies. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, maybe Drago wasn't kidding talking about it, hitting a piece of steel. Hey, it's it's all fair game. It's all fair game in Philly. And dear listener, that has been this week in gritty. This week in gritty. And we are well overdue to wrap this thing up. So that also has been another episode of Hit the Deck. So James, let's bring this thing home. Last minute remaining in the podcast. So thank you, dear listener, ever so much for spending another hour or so with us. We really appreciate your time. We really appreciate you taking the time. And we really appreciate you coming back. And, uh, you know, if you like what you heard here, tell your friends. We would really, really love it if you would do that for us. Um, we would, of course, like to thank Anthony Sajazi for providing us with music, and we'd like to thank uh, all of you for listening to each and every episode of Hit the Deck. If it wasn't for you, there would be no us. And if you like listening to Hit the Deck, why not subscribe to Hit the Deck to ensure that you get every single episode and you don't have to go looking for it. You know, it's like, oh, did they post it? I don't know. Let me find Twitter. What is it again? Hit the Deck. No, this is some racist guy. What is, what is that? No, what was their Twitter handle again? It's Hit the Deck Pod, by the way. We are Hit the Deck Pod on Twitter. If you go to Hit the Deck, you will find the suspended account of some guy named Declan, who's a racist misogynist. You don't want to tangle with him. You want to tangle with us. So subscribe to the podcast so you don't have to worry about that instance. And if you would like to contact us, you can do so at Hit the Deck Pod, or you can email us at hitthedeck at gmail.com. And as a friendly reminder, deck is spelled D-E-K. You can email us. You can tweet at us. You can catch us on Instagram and Facebook at Hit the Deck. You can check out our YouTube page. If you still haven't watched Tape Deck because you don't have two hours, find that time and watch it because we really think you'll enjoy it. It was a labor of love. We had a lot of fun doing it and we really think you'll be entertained and we want to hear your tape deck suggestions. If you have a game that you filmed that you think is worth getting the tape deck treatment, hashtag tape deck treatment. If you want that treatment, send it to us. Let us know. We'll review it. We'll see if it is our next episode of tape deck. So do that. And, uh, you know, really, if you have anything you want to say about us, if you want to review us on one of your podcast platforms, we'd really appreciate that. So everybody else knows what this podcast is all about. Please 
please, if you can find it within yourself to do so, please do so. James, is there anything you'd care to add? Yes, thank you. Sure. Looking for places to play deck? Please check out the Columbus Deck Hockey Association, the Charlotte Street Hockey League, the Raleigh Street Hockey League, the VAR Hockey League, the, of course, DCSH, DCHL, and Deck Superstars. Also, donate to LaGrange Hockey and follow M Power Play. And again, very happy birthday to your lovely daughter, American Rhino. All Thank the you. best, yes, all the best to Glenn's daughter on her wedding, and God bless. And happy Columbus Day, everybody, and thanks for listening. Thank you, James. And we will thank you, dear listener, to remember that whether you are opening a brand new rink out west or decking the D.C. area in hockey tile, whether you are a cerebral assassin or a brainless rage monster, regardless of what you find yourself doing or being, we would always encourage you to remember it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. Okay. Uh, no, I'm now I'm hot. I mean, yes, I'm warm, but are. I'm also hot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. He's taken. Uh huh. Do I get the uh, the pyro like when Shawn Michaels would come out for his entrances back in the beginning with that like string of explosions behind me when I pose? You should. Nobody wants to see me pose. Be a hell of a way to, to make an entrance on the deck hockey rink, though. I'm just a sexy boy. Sexy boy. I'm not your boy toy. Boy toy. Oh, oh, American Ray.